Hello and welcome to a great episode, number 78, with the extremely talented Kale, the guitar hero. He actually is in a Phoenix band called The Color 8, which I meant from uh, one of my nephews actually turning me on to him. I can't stop listening to some of their stuff. How are you doing, Kale? I'm doing great, man. Just out here in Arizona, trying not to melt. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a little too much, man. <laughs> it's not even worth it sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's super spicy out here for sure. Yeah, and I, I have to say that YouTube short you put out today was pretty funny too. I can relate to that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, about the the heat out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it was, yeah. I was hot, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. The least I can do is make fun of the heat out here. <laughs> yeah, embrace it. So kind of jumping in it with you. Um, I I, I know you're primarily a guitar player, but uh, your your band Phoenix uh, Color Eight. I'm, I apologize has been in Phoenix for around, what, six, seven years now? Yeah, yeah, yep, just about six, seven years. And um, were you always a guitar player in this band, or were you kind of, I know you're a multi-instrumentalist, but did you start as guitar and stick with it? Yeah, I've pretty much been guitar <clears throat> since the beginning, and uh, as we've progressed as a band, I've got on the mic a little bit more, not really, not singing or nothing, just kind of just yelling at the audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I've barely just been on the guitar. So was this kind of more of like a jam band to start with, or is this something that was kind of a, a you know a master thought at first? So you pieced it together. How did it start for you? I remember. So I I had just um, got finished college. I finished college and I learned. I've been playing guitar since uh, since like eighth grade and. I, throughout those years, I was exposed to a bunch of different types of genres, and I learned those different types of genres because, you know, like with every genre, there comes specific techniques that you need to learn to mm-hmm. play those genres. And, you know, I learned everything from, like, techniques for, for metal and rock. I learned techniques for classical guitar. Um, I learned techniques for R&B and jazz in college. So I learned a mix of everything. So <clears throat> I was like, man, I, I want to play in a, a band. And I was like, I didn't want to just play in any old, I didn't want to just play in a band and get mixed in a, in a, in a box Yeah. because a lot of times you start a band, you know, like, okay, I'm going to be in a rock band. Okay. You're in a rock band, but let's say you like playing, I don't know, reggae or something. Well, you can't play Nope. Your band, your rock band is going to be like, Nope, uh, we're a rock band. You can't play that here. So then what happens? What do artists do? They make a side project and then they play, they start a reggae side project, play reggae, but maybe they like hip hop. Oh, they can't do that there, so they got to start another side project, another side project. I know artists that just have so many side projects. And me, I'm a minimalist. I don't want to have a bunch of practices and a bunch of different, all this stuff. So I came up with the idea. I was like, I'm going to start a band where we just play any genre and every genre. So well, I initially came, came up with that and hit people up that I knew. Well, we know, we, first, we know what happens when people start side projects. It takes away from the main project. And you kind of lose, exactly. lose that focus and everything just kind of becomes... 20% here, 20% there, and it really just amounts to nothing. You know what I mean? I know musicians like that too, and I'm like, dude, you just got to focus on one project and get really good with it. Exactly. That's how I feel the same way. So uh, what were these guys you grew up with, or was it kind of like after you left college, you kind of were meeting people on the scene? Yeah, it was kind of people I met um, throughout college. Like my drummer, I met him after school. We went to the same school, and he, he was in the jazz, the jazz drums uh, ensemble. And he's fantastic, by the way. Like, I, listening to some of your videos, he's got some great chops in there. Yeah, he kills He grew up in church, so he has, like, those gospel church drop, chops. Yeah, and he also sings while he plays, too, right? Yep. And that's something, as 
we've progressed as a band. We've just started taking on those roles. Yeah. So after was he the first one to kind of join the band with you? Essentially, yeah, he was one of the core founding members. I hit him. I hit um, a couple other people. Like when I started, when we started the band, it was kind of like six, seven piece, and like it was just I just got as many people as I could together and be like, hey, let's play. You know, I had we had a rapper, we had a singer, we had drums, we had some people. We had a guy playing keys. We had all this stuff, and we all met up. And the first day we met up, we made like three songs. I was like, oh, this is dope. I never had chemistry like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we made like three songs from scratch. Yeah. yeah, that's badass. Yeah. So I really liked that. So like, we were like, let's keep this going. Let's just play. Let's play somewhere. So like, at down and and here in Arizona, they have this thing called First Friday, which is like an art walk they do every month downtown. And it's just like free, and people can walk around. You can just set up anywhere and just play. Mm-hmm. A lot of foot traffic. Um, I was like, let's just play there next month. We went there, played. Um, and it was real dope. We had a really good response from all the people there, like bigger than we thought. And we like just kept it going, kept playing our first Friday every month. It really helped. I think that really helped get our our name up because like you know it was free and just like hundreds of people were just down there every month. So it just like we just went out really quick. And as that happened, we started losing. Obviously, we started losing members that weren't serious. Some people were just like, "Oh, I'm just here to jam and stuff." Yeah. And when we wanted to be more serious, we started losing people. That's when we started adding some um, <clears throat> different roles to each other, like. You know, we lost like a couple of vocalists and the keys. So when we lost the vocalist, we're like, we, we didn't think like, oh, let's just get another vocalist. Cause we already felt like we were a tight group. We're like, I was like, fuck it. I mean, you can sing, you know, you can sing, right? Just start singing and drumming, just practicing. He got better at it. First, he was like, nah, I just want to drum. Yeah. But he's really good at singing and he started practicing it. Now he's really good at drumming and singing. And he's excellent. You know, yeah. Some parts we needed like a hype man and stuff. And I was like, I'll do it. I like to yell. So I kind of, <laughs> do hype stuff while I'm playing the guitars and, and I do verses and oh, I do hooks most of our hooks and stuff now. Yeah, and I notice you guys have a lot of high energy too. So I mean is that something you guys have to kinda of pump yourself up for shows or just come naturally for you guys? Man, no, it just comes naturally. Like, we're just <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunch of energy all the time. Like that's what we we do a, a show straight sober. We just crazy like that. But we I remember we did a show when we all did, we all took shots, a couple shots before and that show that felt like that was one of the best shows we ever had. I felt like that was the best we ever played, but maybe it wasn't because I was maybe I was drunk and it just sounded good when I was drunk. Yeah, yeah, I could go both ways on that one. Yeah. So, um, but not. I, I I like the name a lot. How, how did that come about? The Color Eight. So that comes back to like when I when I was coming up with the idea, like I wanted a band where we play every genre, and um, I was thinking, what should the name be? I, I, first thing I was thinking, I don't want the name to give away what we do. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, if you hear a band, they're called Metal This, Infinite <laughs> Death Murder Baby Killer. Like, you know it's a metal band. If you hear, <laughs> if you hear Little little Wang, Little Baby, Little Something, you know, okay, yeah. it's like rap or something. So yeah, yeah. I was like, what, what would be a name that would just not put us in a box? And I was like, started thinking of, um, what do you call it, opposites, like oxymorons, like hot, cold. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And I started thinking color. I was like, color 10. I was like, or I was like, number blue. And I was like, just thinking of random stuff. And I ended up just sticking with a uh, color, a color, a color and a number. So I was like, color. At first I was like, color nine. And I was like, wait, let me look up what the numbers mean and shit. Cause I know all the numbers have different names. And I looked up eight and eight represent like <clears throat> eight represented like new beginnings and um, like baptism and something brand new. And I was like, I like that. So I stuck with the eight. So the name ended up, representing the eight represents that you know we're always trying to do new stuff and we play live shows 
And it's also an eight. It's also an infinity sign, which means we're always growing and changing. And the color represents the different things and there are to try out there in the world. So that's what we try to do. And that's what we try to promote that's, our audience that's, that's to try new stuff. That's perfect. <laughs> that's why it's just so easy to remember. You know, like that, yeah. that, that's one of those names. That, yeah. I hear that name. I'm like, that's perfect, man. Um, so was that name kind of picked out already or how long were you guys playing together before, you know, you started writing your first album? Um, with the name, not like when I came up, I came up with the name. That was before we were even, oh, gotcha. you know, before I even hit everybody up. So gotcha. I came up with the name and then got it together. Oh. And then we played like two, two of those first Fridays, you know, there were once a month. So we did, that's just two months after we started the group. And at the second one, somebody, we had a tip jar. And people were giving us dope tips, like $20, like, you know, $50. It was really dope. It was, dope. It was a good feeling that people felt felt that, yeah. you know, encouraged to give us that much money. And um, in the tip jar, someone put a Battle of the Bands, um, a Battle of the Bands flyer in our thing. We're like, hey, let's do this. And we, we go and do it. And it's like at this, like, it's like kind of like, hipster church it was like a warehouse turned into a church it was like some people from portland they're really cool they're, they, they they came down like caravan down from portland to arizona and started a church and it was like had like a half pipe in there and like some, <laughs> like basketball court it was like super chill and like yeah. the pastor was like um he wanted this battle of the bands to one like let people know about their to promote their church but also he used to be a, a recording engineer. So he had a whole studio in there and he would record the church's original gospel music. And whoever run the battle of the band would get um, a free recording. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So that was the prize. So we went, we played and we actually won. And then we ended up getting like two, two or three songs recorded by him. And that was like our first initial like thing uh, EP, we put yeah. out. Yeah. What's yeah. The, what's the name of that EP? Um, so actually that one was, it was just self-titled the color eight and oh. we never put it out on streaming. We just made CDs and sold them. Oh, nice. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's exclusive. Like if somebody has that, they were around in the beginning. So I know you mentioned with your guitar playing, you were kind of all over with styles, but when I listen to your stuff, I hear everything from Jimi Hendrix to Eddie Van Halen to R and B. What were your big, like your big ones cut growing up? I know you mentioned you, you started playing when you were in eighth grade, but what were the biggest influences you starting there? Um, I think starting off, one of the big influences, like I started off like rock, you know, classic rock metal. And so I was just learning, you know, just more rhythm guitar stuff, just chugging and the rhythm, more rhythmic stuff. But what got me into wanting to do more lead was, um, uh, Joe Satriani. Yes. I really liked his style of playing and I like how pretty, the pretty notes that he would use and made it sound really really dope, but still shredded at the same time. So he, Joe Satriani was a big part of me wanting to do more lead guitar. And, um, yeah, of course, Jimi Hendrix, you know, like I love how he played real beautiful, uh, clean chords and double stops. And he would kind of play all everywhere too. You know, he played, he'd have a more upbeat rock song or he'd have a more slow ballad or he'd have a blues, he'd have blues songs, you know? Well, this um, is, uh, this is off subject, but have you ever seen that video of him playing Hey Joe acoustic? Yes, and he's like super shy and yeah that, yeah, that was a little weird. That was like it was cool to see it, but it like it kind of threw me off seeing that a little bit because it yeah it showed like the rawness of his talent. You know if that makes sense? Yeah, he was like, oh, don't waste. He's like, I don't want you to waste all the film. Don't waste all the film. <laughs> like, yeah, he was a real humble dude. It was cool to see that and he was just playing and just yeah, that was just raw talent. Like that, he, that he could just do that and just sound that good it was really dope. It was really real inspiring for me. So. 
Now, you mentioned Satriani as well, too. I know he plays kind of a, the RG-style SG stuff. Is that kind of what influenced your, your pick of Ibanez as well? Um, yeah, kind of. I, I really, it was that, and I was really drawn to Ibanez because um, I felt like they're good. They're versatile for multiple styles. Like, I feel like certain guitars, like Schechter, like that's m- mainly for metal and Fenders. I mean, even though you can set them up for anything, the Fenders are kind of more set up for like, um, you know, more clean, clean blues playing. Yeah. I wanted a guitar I could kind of do both on, and I felt like the Ibanez was, it felt, that, that one just felt right for me. Now, I, I know you have a very versatile sound, but are you more of a pedal guy or a rack unit kind of guy, especially live or in the studio? You said pedal pedal or what? Uh, do you, when you play live, do you rely more on a, a pedal board or you kind of go through rack units uh, when you play live? Oh, so when I started in like in high school and stuff, when I was playing, I was I was I had digital boards because it was just easier for me. You know, I was a dumb little kid and I didn't know how to get a bunch of pedals. I couldn't get a bunch of pedals. So I had to just get a multi board. Yeah. Had a little multi board line six and um I would just use that and just get the use the presets. And then um when I first started color eight I started using um pedal like a uh, analog pedal board and a uh, half stack. I had like a half stack valve king. Um it had a lot of real heavy tone in it and I would just run like overdrive. Real simple. I had a real simple board. I had a compressor pedal overdrive and reverb that was in a wall pedal like really simple um and i used that for a bit and i just recently transferred back transferred back over to digital and i got a a line six hx stomp and that thing is just so convenient oh those yeah those sound great I, I'm, not, I'm not really a guitar player myself but i'm around it and yeah the people are kind of getting really attached to those recently yeah i like those you can just download other sounds people can create other sounds they can model certain amps specifically and throw them you just throw them in there and boom you have it i don't have to tinker around i'm not i'm not really a big gear guy some people love tinkering around with the tones and mess around like i just want a good tone so if i can find a preset that sounds dope boom i'm not i ain't gonna mess with it at all (laughs) (laughs) so um i you know as i've been you know researching your band recently i noticed you have a really cool youtube channel as well too and i I noticed and it you know it's versatile like you were mentioning but um how do you feel like that, that the importance of creating content in today's world and being in the band, how often do you think you should do it and how really important is it to everyone now? Man, I think it's real crucial. Like social media for musicians now, like nowadays, I feel like if you're a musician and you don't have social media, like what are you doing? Like it's such an easy way to get out there and just like have millions of people see you all across the country. Like when we look at our demographics, we got people in country, countries we've never been in. And I think that's a real, that's a real beautiful thing where you can have, followers in a place you've never even been you know like but traditionally you would have to tour you have to tour those places and they have to hear you and that, that was the old-fashioned way so i think social media is um really um impactful because you can put one video out and it can go you know it can go viral and you can have millions of followers all of a sudden and now all your music and that's gonna if you have a good catalog of making content it's, that's a crucial thing. You never know when you might go viral. So if you have, if you're just making content consistently, mm-hmm. and that one that one video hits and goes viral, then all your other stuff's gonna go viral because they want to see more of you. They want to be, like, oh, what else you got? And they see all your stuff. They see all your music. They see all your videos, and then it just makes it just brings everything up. So it just makes sense to make consistent videos. I always tell people consistency is key for shows, for online like consistency. More opportunities you give yourself to be seen by people, the better. Yeah. So do you do you have to like schedule yourself with it too, or you, or you just let it come to you and you just you try to make like a deadline with it? Um, 
there was a point, there was a time I did challenge myself. I was like, I'm going to make one video every day. So I would just usually do it in the morning before I had to do anything else. I'd knock it out. Um, and yeah, and I did that, but I, but before I originally, when I started doing it, I just did it because I, you know, the way I like to get better at playing guitar is to learn a song I like. So I, you know, I just learn a song, you know, learn up, learn it from top to bottom, learn the rhythm section, learn the lead section. And then I'm so proud of it. I'm just like, man, I want to record this and just kind of have a memory of it. And, you know, and I want to share it with other people. So I'll record it and get to look back at it. And I'm like, this is dope. And then I just reposted them just so people could see it. And then people really started liking them. And um, I started doing more. And, but originally it's just, so most of the times I just hear a song. I'm like, oh, that's dope. I want to play that. Or even if it's a song with no guitar and I'm like, well, I could hear guitar on that. And I'll, and I'll just want to make a video off of it. So usually that's how it is. I try not to force it. I try not to just, some yeah. people, I know some people don't only do stuff that's trending. Like, oh, this song's trending. I'm going to try to play to it because they hope it's going to go viral, blah, blah, blah. I'm not that focused on, like, things going viral. If, it, if that happens, dope. But I don't like just making content to just try to go viral. That shit's kind of lame. Yeah, because you kind of corner yourself pretty bad. I mean, but I see people drive yeah. themselves insane just trying to make videos and make videos. And obviously, this slides in quality. But uh, the way you're doing it, I think it's right. I mean, just constant consistency is everything. Um, thank you yeah i noticed uh you're also a gamer too <laughs> that's a big thing for me <laughs> as well um yeah your, your live streams i highly recommend it um what's it your youtube channel is uh kale the guitar here as well too right yeah i try to make everything the same yeah so yeah that's also a good element to bring in it too because the interaction of it but uh i kind of wanted to change gears again on you um what are you guys working on as a band are you guys working on a new album right now or are you playing a tour of any sorts well, yeah, actually, we just found like a really new, a uh, really dope studio with a dope uh, producer slash engineer, and he is making us sound so full and so like production, like high production quality. And he puts in, he adds in little like a, like crazy little effects and transitions that we wouldn't think of as just musicians. And it's really dope. That's what we're working on right now. We're working on putting out a single of this new sound. Like all the other stuff we put out with other engineers was, was great, but it just sounded more like, like a live recording of us. It didn't sound like a high quality studio recording of us. Um, when do you think, uh, this album you, you guys are working on is going to release? Um, so we're going to put a song out before the summer ends. Definitely like July, July or August. We're going to put out a single of this new stuff. Um, but album life, we're not sure if we've only recorded like two songs with them so far, but we want to keep working with them. So um, we do have plans actually. I, I don't know if it's too early to say now, but we already talked to this band. So I think it's fair to talk about it since they, they said they're already getting it set in stone. So nice. there is this band, this dope instrumental band called strawberry girls and they, sh they're shred, you know, they just shred. They're very technical, like kind of math rock uh, band. And we've toured, we've done like, um, we've played shows with them in California and Texas and they're really dope. And they recently was in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago and we saw them perform and they're like, Hey, we got to do another tour with you guys. You know, we got to, we're, we're, we're booking a tour for November. And we want you guys to be on it. And we were like, yeah, we're like, heck yeah. Nice. Like, All right. We'll have our booking guy talk to your booking guy. So that's pretty much said stone. So that's what we're looking forward to. We're going to do a solid, uh, probably month long tour in November. Nice. Um, and then in the meantime, did you guys have like a local shows booked or are you kind of taking a break from that while doing the recording? Um, yeah, actually right now, yeah, we have, uh, July 24th, we're playing at Valley Bar. Oh, nice. July 24th, yep. So I think that's our next show. I mean, we might get some more 
before then, but typically, you know, that's the next one. Because sometimes we get booked for last minute. They'll hit, hit us up a week ahead. we be like, hey, you want to play this show? It's going to drop out. So we might get some before that, but the ones that are on the calendar, Ju- July 24th, Valley Bar. Now, as a band, how, how, how often do you guys like to do shows for consistency? Do you, do you like to follow the two-week formula or the once-a-month formula, especially here in Phoenix? Uh, man, at one point, we were doing shows every weekend. That was kind of our thing. Like, Yeah. Yeah, we we were doing those first Fridays every month, and then we were filling up the rest of the the, the month with uh, shows every weekend. You know, like that's what we were before COVID. So we were hitting the show every weekend. So um, now it's kind of we've slowly been working back up to that um, as things have opened up. But um, now we just book. We try not to. When we first started off, I said consistency consistency is key, and I, I we said yes to every show we got offered. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, you want to do this? Okay, yes. You guys want us to play? Okay, yeah. Nice. But it just gave us a you know a way to put ourselves out there more and get opportunities, learn what shows we do like to do, learn what shows we don't like to do, and and yeah. So now that we've got that experience, we played a bunch of shows in the beginning of our years. Now we can turn down shows that we're like, no, we've done something like this before. We don't want to do this, or we're a little more um, not really picky on our shows now, but we're just more conscious of shows that we pick now. Well, it is but, time, resource, and energy. <laughs> it takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's a recovery day after or just a day prepping for it, it does take a lot out of you. Yeah, exactly. So, so I now know- we've been doing them every couple of weeks. So I noticed you play drums as well, which you're pretty good. Um, I was watching some of your covers. Um, do, does that help bring ideas to the songwriting? Uh, you know, because most guitar players were literally like, "I'm at a drum part to me," and I'll be like, "What?" You know what I mean? But do you feel like <laughs> do you feel like being being able to get behind the kit and kind of actually play it helps the songwriting process? I, yeah, I think, yeah, to a degree, definitely, because, you know, I, I've never been, like, officially trained on the on the drum kit, but I just was, around, like, just like you, I'm around it, I was around it so much, I just kind of picked stuff up and figured out how to play, and, like, I hear things that I liked, and I tried to mimic it and stuff, um, and I'll try to suggest stuff, you know, because especially, you know, obviously, I listen to other, a lot of music, so sometimes we'll write something, I'll hear something for the drums, I'm like, oh, I'll tell my drummer, hey, can you do this thing, where it's like, you know, this type of transition and the cool thing is either he'll be like, yeah, or he'll be like, nah, like, nah, I'm not doing that. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or he'll be like, yeah, he'll be like, okay. And then he'll kind of do it, but in his own way, which that's how it should be. You know, it should be us feeding off of each other. So usually that's kind of, it's kind of cool. Cause like when I go back to uh, like our background, like I was like, I started off rock, our drummer, he was more gospel church drummer. So when I start playing like a rock, metal riff and i get i'm like all right here play drums to this he's not thinking he's not going to think of a traditional rock beat or metal what a rock or metal drummer would think of yeah. he's thinking of what he a gospel drummer thinks a rock beat would sound like so it ends up coming up coming out as this cool unique sound because it's just not like oh you know all right i'm playing this metal riff a metal a metal guy's gonna play all right he's gonna play a straight up metal riff and he doesn't do that he'll play a kind of what he thinks the metal riff might sound like on the drums and it, it comes up with a cool unique sound so i, I kind of like that we all come from different backgrounds because we expose each other to, to different music and that's cool and you could definitely hear it in too because yeah you're right when a metal drummer gets behind a kit it comes very cookie cutter when i hear a metal riff you know so that, that, yeah so yeah i definitely applaud that yeah that's really cool stuff that the way you guys are doing it too i think that's what people mean more of in groups and bands like that yeah you know uh, i i hate i feel like a lot of times especially in the metal scene i feel like 
a lot of times, like, one person in the band will write all the music and they'll just bring it to everybody. I mean, if, I, if that works, I know that works for certain groups, and that's cool, but, like, sometimes I feel like it takes away from, you know, everybody else's creativity. You know, I don't want to just somebody come in by here, here are, here's the songs, just learn them, mm-hmm. you know? Now, since we're on a, the subject, uh, we're just on the subject of touring, if you could put, like, your dream tour together, uh, living, uh, working together now, what would it be and where would you go? You said the dream tour, our dream tour? Yeah. Um, man, shoot. Honestly, probably with Rage Against the Machines. I feel like us playing with Rage Against the Machines, Rage Against the Machines that would be a dope energy. I feel like their crowd would love us. I think that would be a dope tour. And, like, somewhere overseas, like, Japan. I've never been to Japan, so I feel like I, I feel like Japan would love our music. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going through a very 80s metal scene right now, too. It's kind of weird. Yeah, they, 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 they yeah. <laughs> they're going through it's like crazy. a shred scene right now, and it's like, wow, that's actually, I kind of wish that come back in a way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's cool to see how different trends pop up in different countries at different times. So that that would be dream tour for me. Now, obviously, I'm going to help spread the word with the band because I, I really dig what you guys are doing. Um, What would be the best way to reach out to you guys for shows, promotions, the best sites? The best way to hit us would be um, to email us or. I mean, you can even DM, DM us on Instagram, but probably the best, the, we'd probably take you more serious if you email us at, uh, at our email, thecolor8band mm-hmm. at Gmail. And that's the color, the, the, the number eight, not spelled out eight, and then band at Gmail. Nice. And I'm assuming all the stuff's on Spotify as well. Yep. Uh, yep. On Spotify, just look up the color eight, not with band, we're just the color eight and, You'll find us there. you find us on Apple Music. you find us on YouTube. find us everywhere. <laughs> now, uh, if we want to support the band, is there any merch stores or anything we could check out for you guys? Yes. We have a um, website. We have a website, uh, thecolor8music.com. Um, we have all our merch on there, and we have upcoming shows. Nice. Now, before I let you go there, Kale, uh, is there any shout-outs to any upcoming musicians you kind of want to give a shout-out to that have been helping you guys as well? Man, um, yeah, it's been, man, it's been a bunch of people. It's been a bunch of people that's helped us out. Uh, I want to say, uh, shout out Sean, the guy that we're producing with right now. He's making us sound really great and we appreciate it. helping us, our music and our confidence. Um, shout out to all of our fans. Shout out to all of our fans that come to the shows. Even when it's hot, it's hot out here in Arizona. They still come out. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate, um, you know, Appreciate shout out to you for coming to interview us and spread the word about us. We appreciate that. Um, How can I not? You guys are awesome, man. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. That's 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 it, man. Shout out to everybody who's just been helping us and continue to help us. Well, yeah, Kel, I really want to thank you for coming on. I think uh, no doubt, good things are coming to you guys' way. I think if you just keep doing what you're doing, fortune's gonna land around in your guys' laps. To be honest with you. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. We're going to, you know, just be consistent. Like we say, I feel like that, that was the theme of it, of this interview. Consistency is key. We're going to stay consistent. We're going to just keep putting music out there, keep doing shows and just hope for the best. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kale. We'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. You have a good one.